Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. And a good Friday morning to you. A lot of folks here in the east ready to break out those shovels. Yeah, the first big snow in nearly two years. It is on the way. Good morning. It's January 5th, and this is today. Messy weekend. 33 million people now under winter weather alert. Snow, ice, rain, and wind on top from the south to New England. Al's forecast on the storm's timing and intensity straight ahead. Campus tragedy. New details this morning on the deadly shooting at a school in Iowa. A 17-year-old opening fire, killing a sixth grader, wounding four other students and an administrator. Just ahead, the gunman's chilling post moments before the shooting and the community now trying to cope. The pain in your heart is just overwhelming. An emotional vigil overnight will have the very latest. Breaking overnight, paroled. Oscar Pistorius, the disgraced Olympic track star convicted of murdering his girlfriend, released from prison after nearly 10 years behind bars. The reaction this morning from the victim's family and what's next for him. Countdown to Iowa. Republican candidates barnstorming the state. Donald Trump far ahead in the polls and the tense battle for second place. If I didn't love Iowa, I wouldn't keep coming to Iowa. She's playing for voters who are not even core Republicans. Where things stand with just 10 days to go. Those stories plus sound of the season. (coughs) Are you suffering from a nagging cough that just won't go away? (coughs) Sorry. That doesn't sound fun. It doesn't feel great. This morning, when to see a doctor and the best ways to get relief. The Stanley Cup craze. The simple water bottle that's suddenly become a national obsession. I got a Stanley! Some people even camping out all night to land one. And we're taking a big gulp today, Friday, January 5th, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to you today. Nice to have you along with us on a Friday morning. Hoda is on assignment. When I read Stanley Cup, I thought we were talking about hockey. <laughs> right. Most people would. But we're not. We're talking about a, a souped-up water bottle. <laughs> oh, it's a water bottle. Yeah. But look at look at the people, are especially kids. Yeah. Kids are just dying for My nine-year-old daughter wants one. It's a whole thing. So we're going to get into that bizarre craze. If you don't have one, good luck getting one. Well, apparently, yeah, they're running out of the store shelves. Um, Let's get to our top story, a massive winter storm. It is barreling toward the East Coast this morning. Here's a live look. This is falling snow if you can make it out. Wichita, Kansas this morning. More than 30 million Americans under winter alerts from the southern Appalachians all the way to New England. And depending on where you live, you could face snow, sleet, ice, rain, perhaps a combination of all of it. Oh, don't forget some cities in the storm's path like New York, Philly, Washington, D.C. have not seen any significant snowfall in roughly two years. But Al is ready. He's been here ready this whole time for snow. First, though, NBC's Maggie Vespa near Boston. People are gearing up. Hey, Maggie, good morning. Hey, Savannah, Craig, good morning. Yeah, I don't know if you can tell from our live shot, the cold and the wind have definitely hit. Over the weekend, Boston expecting up to eight inches of snow. Some cities up and down the East Coast expecting closer to a foot, and they are in hardcore prep mode. Case in point, look at this thing. This is like a salt 
mountain. Trucks for days expected to pull from this salt the roads, try and get ready as officials up and down the East Coast plead with people to remember, even though snow recently has been rare, this storm could pack quite a punch. This morning, after hitting the snooze button on snow for months, Mother Nature's brutal winter wake-up call is barreling toward the East Coast. Kind of excited because we haven't gotten any snow yet. From North Carolina to Maine, at least 33 million Americans under winter storm watches this weekend. The system started along the Pacific coast and is now racing across the country. It's set to pummel parts of the Northeast with heavy rain, strong winds, and in some cases, up to a foot of snow. The first major snowfall for some communities in two years. We're totally geared up. I know a lot of people haven't seen snow in a long time. And while cities like New York and Philly could mostly see rain, New York's governor directing state agencies to prepare for an emergency response. While officials in Massachusetts could initiate a full call out, meaning up to 3,000 pieces of equipment could be utilized. Right now, we're expecting this to be a really pretty sizable statewide event. As crews across the region prepare for the onslaught of snow, hardware stores are seeing an uptick in business. This is the best thing I've ever seen yes. in my life. With anticipation mounting. I want to buy a sled. To see if a major snowless streak finally ends. Oh, it hasn't snowed in, uh, in a couple years, so, you know, we're definitely looking forward to it. Let's take a look at what's going by here again. This is in real time. The plows and the trucks out here on the road in the Boston area. We talked about that snowless streak. I want to show you guys this graphic just listing how long a lot of major East Coast cities have gone without an inch or more of snow. D.C., 718 days. That is that city's second longest streak on record. Philadelphia, 705. New York, 690. The longest streaks on record in those two cities. So, guys, we will see if this weekend system breaks those dry streaks. Back to you. All right, Maggie, thank you very much. All right, our guy, Mr. Roker, has been on it all week. It looks like this this snowless streak is over for a lot of folks. Well, yeah, but unfortunately, not here, but maybe to our north, we will see that. Take a look. 33 million people from coast to coast, literally, looking at some sort of winter weather advisory, winter storm watch, winter storm warning, all the way down into the Appalachians. We're looking right now. Here's the storm back through Texas, getting itself together, starting to push its way east with snow already in Wichita. It'll race into the Gulf Coast and intensify, bringing heavy rain, strong storms from Texas on into Florida. Now, we move into tonight. The system pushes toward the mid-Atlantic states. We're looking for sleet, freezing rain in Terrier Carolinas, Virginia as well, snow back through Indiana and Ohio. Now, here's why we time it out. Washington, D.C. tomorrow, 7 a.m. till noon, snow and sleet, rain noon to 8 p.m. But is it enough to break the streak? Not sure. Philadelphia, snow and sleet, noon to 4, rain 4 p.m. till Saturday morning, Sunday morning, I should say, at 1 a.m. New York, snow and rain from noon to 7. I don't think we're going to get that inch. It doesn't look like it. Then heavy rain into Sunday morning. But Boston, here we go. Light snow to start off tomorrow. But by Sunday night, uh, Saturday night into Sunday, heavy snow. Let's time it out as far as the precipitation. Down through the south, it's going to be an inch to about a half an inch. But you get to the north, I-95 Carter, six to eight inches of snow from Portland to Boston. But right along the coast, if you get an inch, maybe. But it's going to get washed away by the rain. And then you go down I-95 to D.C. But look back to the west, Albany, Kingston, Utica, Scranton, Pennsylvania, all anywhere from four inches to up to a foot of snow. And also there's some ice accumulation 
situation in the Appalachians as well, hazardous travel conditions and isolated power outages. So, but we'll continue to time this out and see what happens. We'll update you coming up at eight o'clock on the latest when we get some new information in. All right. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Well, thank you. Also this morning, we are learning more about that deadly school shooting near Des Moines, Iowa. A 17-year-old gunman opening fire at Perry High School, killing a sixth grade student and wounding four other students and a school administrator. The FBI is now there assisting with the investigation. And overnight, this small community came together for a vigil. NBC's Adrian Broadus joins us with the very latest, latest here. Adrian, good morning. Good morning to you, Savannah. Here in Perry, there's still a tremendous amount of pain. The school, a crime scene this morning. Thursday was supposed to be the first day back to school following the winter break. But before those students could even enter the classroom, they were met with terror. And it's not how anyone planned to start the semester. This morning, a community coming together after a dark day at an Iowa high school. We've got an active Sears activation at Perry High School. Before class started Thursday, police say a 17-year-old student started shooting. Like, there was a bunch of kids that ran out, and they're like, yo, go back, go back, go back to your car. There's a guy with a, with a gun. The first 911 call came around 7.37 in the morning. First responders arriving about seven minutes later, discovering multiple gunshot victims. Officers immediately attempted to locate the source of the threat and quickly found what appeared to be the shooter with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Officers found some students sheltering in place while others ran for their lives. A sixth grader killed. It's a neighborhood kid that would come and play with us. And the sweetest little kid ever. Police say four other students and a school administrator were injured. This morning, a post from the daughter of the principal, Dan Marburger, saying her dad was in surgery all day and is stable, calling him, quote, a gentle giant and amazing person. Police identifying the shooter as Dylan Butler. They say he was armed with a handgun and shotgun and posted on social media around the time of the shooting, including one post saying, quote, now we wait. Other students have said Butler was bullied and struggled at school. Overnight, the Perry residents gathering to mourn and finding strength in unity. We are Perry strong. We'll get through this because we have each other. And that's what we've seen here in this community, the community showing its best during the worst of times. Also from that Facebook post uploaded by the principal's daughter, she said, and I'm paraphrasing in part, it's no surprise that her dad approached and tried to talk Dylan down long enough to distract him, allowing the other students time to get out of the cafeteria. Savannah? All right. Adrian brought us for us. Thank you very much. All right, let's stay in Iowa now because we're going to turn to the presidential race. Those Iowa caucuses now just 10 days away. The candidates fanning out across the Hawkeye state, delivering their messages to voters. NBC's Dasha Burns is in Des Moines for us. Dasha, good morning. Craig, good morning to you. Look, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis began his campaign as a top contender to beat former President Trump in the Republican primary. But now he's locked in a battle for second place with Nikki Haley, with both trailing the frontrunner by a wide margin. But in our interview, he insists he's still the biggest challenger to Trump. With just 10 days until the Iowa caucuses, Republican presidential contenders are hustling in the Hawkeye state. 
We are only weeks away from making history and winning Iowa's first-in-the-nation caucus. The frontrunner, former President Trump, predicting an overwhelming victory in Iowa as his rivals fight each other. Once Mr. Trump's strongest challenger in the polls, DeSantis now locked in a battle for second place with Nikki Haley. Trump has always been leading in the race. I mean, he's the former president. He's uh, one of the most famous people in there. But you're not even the top challenger so to him now. We are the top. I'm the only one that has a chance to beat Trump and win the general election. Nikki Haley can't get conservative voters. DeSantis seizing on Haley's comments about the caucuses to New Hampshire voters. You know Iowa starts it. You know that you correct it. You know that you continue to go... <laughs> I think it's a slap in the face to Iowans to say that they somehow need to be corrected. Uh, it's almost as if, like, she's acknowledging she's not going to do well here, and so she's blaming the voters. Haley responding on CNN overnight. If I didn't love Iowa, I wouldn't keep coming to Iowa. So, but if we're going to have fun, I'm probably going to say something funny in Iowa tomorrow about South Carolina or New Hampshire. It's the way to just kind of not make everything so serious. Looming over the race, Mr. Trump's criminal charges over the January 6th attack on the Capitol by his supporters, which happened three years ago tomorrow. What lessons did the country learn from January 6th? What did you also personally take away from that day? I think it's been politicized um, by the left. Um, you know, I don't think it was supposed to be. It, what, that was not supposed to happen. I think people went to protest and I think it got out of hand. But January 6th will be central to President Biden's re-election message, highlighted in a new campaign ad. And aides say it'll be a key focus of his speech today in historic Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, where he'll cast the 2024 election as a referendum on the future of American democracy. And former President Trump makes his first Iowa trip of the election year tonight, holding a rally in Mason City. And his campaign is launching their first attack ad against Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. We'll have a chance to ask Haley about that and more as we sit down with her later today as part of our interview series, Closing Arguments Iowa, in partnership with the Des Moines Register. Craig? All right. Dasha Burns for us there in Des Moines. Dasha, thank you. Quick programming note here. Kristen Welker will have the very latest on the race and where things stand. And Sunday morning on Meet the Press. A second batch of court documents connected to Jeffrey Epstein was unsealed overnight. NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, joins us now with what they're revealing. Laura, good morning. So what, what, if any, are there new revelations here? So this latest batch, roughly 300 pages of new documents, and they're primarily deposition transcripts, court filings, motion practice emails. Remember, this is all part of the underlying record from an old, old civil case related to Jelaine Maxwell, obviously Epstein's longtime girlfriend. And so in the, in the files here, you see a lot of allegations about things that Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell were both accused of. All of that obviously been out there for a while. This is not as much about other men. Obviously, we've heard a lot about that this week. This set much more focused on what actually Virginia Dufresne, the plaintiff in that case, had gone through. Do you expect to get more People keep yes. calling this a list. It's not a list. It's, it's not like not. it's something. It's that's not a physical list, no. but we're going to get a lot more documents. I think people have thought, okay, is this all there is? This is a small fraction of what we're talking about here, right? The first day we saw maybe 20 documents. Last night we saw another 20. This is this is really a small pool. 20 I'm documents, about, not 20 pages. Exactly. So, so one page could have a hundred page deposition yes. transcript. So that's sort of the back and forth here. Obviously, all of the men involved in here that we've 
talked about, they're not accused of wrongdoing in right. documents. The people who've been accused of wrongdoing, we know. Epstein, obviously, Pr- Prince Andrew has faced a fair amount of scrutiny in this. He's obviously denied wrongdoing, but he did settle with Virginia Dufresne. So we have to wait and see what else there is. But this is a small, small drop in the bucket. All right. Lord Jarrett, thank you very much. We'll continue to watch. Uh, We do have an update this morning on that Las Vegas judge who was hurt when she was violently attacked in her own courtroom earlier this week, attacked by a man she was sentencing. NBC's Liz Kreutz has been following that story for us. She joins us once again. Liz, good morning to you. Hey, Craig, good morning. Yeah, Las Vegas Chief Judge Jerry Weiss says Judge Mary Kay Holthus was back at work yesterday. She was said to be shaken up with bruises but doing okay. All this as the attacker now faces a slew of new charges. After that brutal attack in a Las Vegas courtroom, officials providing a highly anticipated update on Judge Mary Kay Holthus. Judge Holthus was injured and received medical attention. She remained sore and stiff but thankful it was not more severe. Judge Holthus releasing a statement thanking well-wishers, writing, I am extremely grateful to those who took brave action during the attack. The shocking incident captured on courtroom cameras playing out as the seasoned judge was sentencing 30-year-old Diobra Redden to prison for attempted battery. The defendant, who has a history of violent assaults, jumping over the bench, tackling her to the ground, and sending a court-martial to the hospital. The terrifying episode calling into question security procedures in our nation's courts. How common is it to have attacks or threats like this in a courtroom? Attacks like this, these, these emotional, impromptu acts of violence occur probably daily in courtrooms across the, across the country. Like this incident in Mississippi, a suspect caught on video throwing things at the judge. But Las Vegas officials say they've never seen anything like this. There, there's plenty of instances where somebody is, uh, you know, becomes rowdy in the courtroom. And this is the first one I've seen where somebody supermaned over the judicial bench. Redden faces multiple new felony charges of battery, including battery against a protected person, meaning the judge and her court staff. According to court records, he refused to appear in court Thursday to face those new charges. Clark County's district attorney says the court is now reviewing its security protocols. Redden's reaction happened so quickly, I don't know if anything could have been done to prevent him from what he did. Now, according to those court records, Redden is set to return to court on Tuesday. Judge Holthus is still planning to oversee that hearing where she's going to sentence Redden for his initial crime. The court does plan to add another court martial for extra safety. And we did reach out to Redden's lawyers, but they're not commenting, Craig. All right. Glad that judge is okay. Liz Courts Force. Liz, thank you. All right. Let's check in with Al once again. Big story today, the weather. That's right. But right now in the east, things looking pretty good. Quiet for right now. Chilly. But we'll plenty of sunshine, rain storms, though, as this storm system gets itself together, snowy back through the central plains and another storm coming into the Pacific Northwest and West Coast as well. And that's your latest weather coming up in the next half hour. We've got a parade of storms. It's just the first one coming next week. Oh, okay. I'm going to so show you that. More chances for snow. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, Al. Thank you. Still ahead this morning, we've got breaking news overnight. Oscar Pistorius, the former Olympic star and convicted murderer, released from prison. NBC's Kaylee Hartung on the story for us. Hi, Kaylee. Hey, good morning, guys. The Blade Runner's murder trial captured worldwide attention. Now, after nearly nine years in prison for the killing of his girlfriend, Oscar Pistorius is re-entering society, but he is not a free man. Coming up, we will tell you the strict conditions of his parole that will have his every move very closely monitored.
Also had, it's become the sound of the season. Respiratory illness is on the rise. A lot of folks are dealing with that nasty, lingering cough. So, what's the best way to treat it? We've got everything you need to know. First, this is Today on NBC. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna Book Club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. We're back at 7.30. Winter is coming, folks. After nearly two years of little to no snow, winter's coming for tens of millions along the East Coast this weekend. Live look here, Wichita, Kansas. Chanel Jones, yes. those are your people. My neck of the woods. It is snowing in Wichita. Mr. Roker, of course, tracking that storm. It's moving east. He's going to have a very latest. A lot of people looking forward to the snow. You just have to be careful. Yes. And be safe in it. Absolutely. Yeah. We got Chanel. Hoda's on assignment this morning. Uh, Hoda's actually a big announcement. She's going to sit down with Olympic icon Mary Lou Retton. Ooh. This is her first interview since that health scare that landed Mary Lou in the ICU. That's what Hoda's doing today. She will bring us that conversation Monday, only on today. Okay, All right. That. Meantime, we are following breaking news overnight in a case we've followed for more than a decade. Oscar Pistorius, a one-time groundbreaking Olympic sprinter, released from a South African prison on parole nearly 11 years now after the killing of his girlfriend. NBC's Kaylee Hartung joins us with the latest here. Kaylee, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. When Oscar Pistorius went to trial with cameras inside the courtroom, people around the world were glued to their televisions. There was a conviction, an appeal, and in a country with no death penalty, ultimately a 13-year prison sentence for murder. In South Africa, serious offenders are eligible for parole after serving at least half their sentence. So now Pistorius is re-entering society under very strict conditions. This morning, the infamous Blade Runner, Oscar Pistorius, released from prison over a decade after killing his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp. The convicted murderer now on parole, serving the last five years of his sentence at his uncle's home. His every move will be under close supervision until December 2029. Any violation of his strict parole conditions put him at risk of incarceration again. He's not now to be seen as a as a free person who, who can just do what he wants. He's not allowed to consume any alcohol. He is required to be present at his residence at certain hours of the day. This morning, Steenkamp's mother issued a statement saying 
There can never be justice if your loved one is never coming back, and no amount of time served will bring Reva back. We who remain behind are the ones serving a life sentence. Do you believe that Oscar is remorseful? No, never. Now 37 years old, Pistorius has never gone on record accepting responsibility for Steenkamp's murder. The high-profile case captivating international attention. On Valentine's Day in 2013, the South African Olympian shot Steenkamp four times through a locked bathroom door. During the dramatic 2014 trial, Pistorius claimed he thought she was an intruder in his home and killed her by mistake. Before I knew it, I'd fired four shots at the door. But prosecutors said that was a lie, arguing the model-in-law graduate had hidden in the bathroom during a late-night argument and the killing was premeditated. Pistorius was once an inspiring icon, winning six gold medals on carbon fiber prosthetic legs in the Paralympics and mesmerizing the world as he competed against able-bodied athletes at the London 2012 Olympic Games, just months before the murder. With freedom on the horizon, Pistorius now thrust back into the spotlight. So, Kaylee, out of prison, but there are parole conditions he will be subject to. What are they and where is he expected to live? Well, he's expected to be living with his uncle in a rather well-appointed home in an upscale suburb. And while this isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card, he's not under house arrest. He has got to go to anger management classes, and he's allowed to get a job, but he can't go to nightclubs or speak to the media. It's clear that he's proven to the parole board he can comply with regulations in prison, and he will have to continue to do that to some degree to fulfill his 13-year sentence, guys. All right, Kaylee Hartung, a big development in that case. Thank you. All right, still ahead, another high-profile case back in the spotlight. Casey Anthony's parents taking lie detector tests on camera for a new TV special on the death of their granddaughter. What they're revealing. First, though, a closer look at that winter cough that's going around. It's a cough that can be very hard to shake. So Dr. Narula is here to answer all of our questions and tell us the best ways to treat that cough right after this. Join me, Esther Perel, every Monday in my office on Where Should We Begin? I'm talking to couples and individuals about love and work, about turning conflict into connection. More than ever, our relationships define the quality of our lives. So let's explore the myriad of relational challenges together. See you Monday. Hi, I'm Nick Friedman. And I'm Lee Alec Murray. And this is The Anime Effect. We're a brand new podcast breaking down the anime and fandom news you care about, revealing just how powerful the effect of anime really is. Every week, we're breaking down the latest anime community developments and what it means for us fans. But we won't stop at just anime. We'll dig into other fandoms we can't get enough of and invite guests we know you'll recognize to join in the discussion. Whether you're a dedicated anime fan or a casual viewer, we want you to experience The Anime Effect. Tune into The Anime Effect starting February 16th. The Anime Effect is brought to you by Crunchyroll and Sony Music Entertainment. Watch complete episodes on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Every time we cough, everyone's like, go away. But this is a big thing. It is. It's not just us. Yep. Our executive producer, Tom Mazzarelli, right now, home with kennel cough, this lingering cough that so many of you have dealt with. It's true. So you said it earlier. It's the sound of the season. One reason why increasing cases of respiratory illness, and this is all across the country, including the flu. Look at this. COVID and RSV. States in the South, 
particularly hard hit. Even whooping cough outbreaks have been reported in a handful of states. So how do you know what you have and what are the best remedies for those answers? We bring in the expert NBC News medical contributor, Dr. Terry Narula, cardiologist at Lenox Hill Hospital at Northwell Health. Dr. Narula, good morning to you. So to Chanel's point here, you've got RSV, you've got common colds that are apparently on the rise as well. We all just gathered for the holidays. I mean, is it just normal for this time of year or are we coughing more than we usually do? I think we might be coughing more than usual. We have a lot going on right now, as you saw with the map. This is the second year in a row where we have circulation of COVID, RSV, and flu all at the same time. So your chances of getting sick with something are high, and your chances of getting something back-to-back, where you get one and you get another are high. We also think there may still be a little bit of an immunity debt, right? We were all masked, socially distant for years. Our immune systems are down, so we're not used to dealing with some of these infections. Vaccination rates, which are typically low and shouldn't be as low as they are for things like the flu, for example, are even lower this year. So only about 42% of adults have gotten their flu vaccine. 18% have gotten the updated COVID vaccine. Um, You know, so there is a lot happening at the same time. Then there is bacterial infection. So things like strep, pneumonia, whooping cough. Um, And finally, people have forgotten that coughs can linger for a long time. So once you get an infection, the cough can go on for several weeks. That was my question, because I think that's what seemed different about the cough that we got the Today Show (laughs) cough. You know, it didn't. Most coughs are here. This one seemed here lower and lasted for weeks and weeks and weeks. Hoda had it. Jenna had it. I had it. Y'all never got it. Thank God. You're welcome. But I mean, it's it's a persistent cough like that. Yeah, exactly. And so we grade coughs based on the time. So there's acute, which is less than three weeks, subacute, which is up to eight weeks and chronic, which is over eight weeks. No, I think (laughs) we had subacute, I think. People get worried when it's really lasting more than eight weeks. And you wonder why might that be? Well, in those early weeks, it is usually post-infectious and it can be when it becomes chronic. However, there is another differential that we think of when people have a chronic cough, which is asthma, Mm -hmm. acid reflux, post-nasal drip. Some medications, a lot of people are on a blood pressure medicine uh, in the ACE inhibitor class, so things like enalapril, benazapril, isinopril, those are kind of universally known to cause cough. Then we ask about occupational exposures, travel, smoking and vaping history. But really, if that cough is persisting over eight weeks, you should be thinking about a chest X-ray, and you're going to be treated based on really what the cause is of that chronic cough. And really quickly, you mentioned whooping cough. Who should worry about that? And and really, what is it? So it is a very contagious bacterial infection. We think about it in kids, but adults and adolescents can get it as well. And so even though you may have been vaccinated as a child with the Tdap vaccine, many adults forget that immunity wanes and you do need that booster every 10 uh, 10 years or so. And the cough, the problem with whooping cough is that it really can last for months, almost Mm. three to four months. And it's really uh, characterized by this very violent, you know, fits of cough where you can be basically throw up from it even and pass out because it can be so intense. Um, so it's important to get that vaccine and it can be, we can test for it. Yeah. And if we find that you have it, you can treat it with antibiotics really, in those early weeks. Really quickly, like when should you be most concerned? Like if you're just coughing, right. like how do you know like when you should actually seek treatment? Great question. So if you have fever, night sweats, weight loss, you want to talk to your doctor. If you're coughing up blood or what we call purulent sputum, which is really that green, thick, really Gross yucky stuff. looking sputum. Um, or if you're short of breath, those would be warning signs. And then even just a regular chronic cough can be, you know, complicated by headache, inability to sleep or insomnia, fatigue. Um, and even in women, older women, they may get rib fractures from kind of the Eesh. force of cough. the cough. Mm. So. All right. Information. Fun stuff. Thank um, you, Dr. Narula. Glad you're better. Yes. Thank you. Should have brought Dr. Narula in 12 weeks ago. <laughs> Fine now. Uh, Mr. Roker, how about another check of the weather, sir? <laughs> 
<laughs> thinking about the phlegm? A lot of, a lot of yeah. things going on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Al. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so this is a parade of powerful storms coming. So here's our weekend nor'easter. We've got a number storm out over the uh, uh, Canada, and then we've got this third storm in Japan, and this is all going to be affecting us over the next seven days. So Sunday, we've got that one storm moves off. By Tuesday, we've got that second storm. It's going to have major impacts from Chicago, New York, down to Atlanta. We've got storm number three bringing in wet uh, snow and cold for the West. Then next week, it comes down into the Texas area and then back up into the Great Lakes. That's going to make for a big storm, possible blizzard conditions out through the Midwest. We're also looking at a lot of wet weather along the eastern seaboard. So a lot of high impact storms coming up over the next week or so. You're welcome, America. (laughs) That's your latest weather. Al, thank you. Coming up next, they were one of the hottest gifts of the holiday season. The craze appears to be far from over. Why is everyone so obsessed with that Stanley Tumblr? We're going to take a closer look. We'll get to your morning boost, too, right after this. We're back with C. Daily. Hey. Well, guys, good morning. You've probably seen these around the office, maybe your kid's school. If you've been in my home, you've seen many of them. We're talking about... The ever-popular Stanley Cup, not the hockey trophy, <laughs> but the trendy tumblers. I mean, they are going viral. They're on my daughter's list, too, uh, this Christmas. They're selling out everywhere. But why? NBC News now anchor Savannah Sellers is on the case. She's here with more. What is the deal, Savannah? Hey, guys. I know, right? They are so popular. Whether you're a preteen or an adult, everyone seems to want a Stanley Cup. They come in a variety of sizes and colors. Now some people are, get this, literally camping out in front of stores overnight to snag one. It's the hot gift drawing screams and sobs of joy. Uh, she wanted a Stanley And all this hysteria over a cup. I got a Stanley! The Stanley Quencher Cup, that is. Sold in over 100 different colors, the $45 reusable bottles are flying off shelves. The hashtag Stanley Cup racking up 6.7 billion views on TikTok with videos of fans collecting them. Decorating them, naming them, even camping out for them. So it's almost three o'clock in the morning. People lining up overnight at Starbucks and Target stores to snag a limited edition version. I don't mind it blue. Aaliyah and Sarai Dives Cups runneth over after unwrapping theirs on Christmas morning. Why are you so obsessed with these cups? So everyone in school basically has them. Usually I don't drink a lot of water, but like when I have this cup, I drink like more water. Believe it or not, the Stanley brand has been around for more than a century. These cups used to be favored among construction workers, but in 2017, after a popular mommy blog posted about them, the company introduced new pastel colors and sales skyrocketed from 73 million in 2019 to 750 million last year. Stanley's CEO spoke to CNBC's Make It. So it was a slow build over many months, and then you could see that the Waiting lists began to grow. Adding to the hype, viral videos of the cup's apparent indestructibility, like this one that survived a car fire. Stanley even buying the owner a new car. Experts say it's all part of the reusable bottle craze, where functional designs and chic shades have made them fashion accessories for moms on the go. Some men mocking their wives' massive bottles on social media. You ready? I'm ready. (laughs) The online fervor leading to a whole new kind of lightning in a bottle. 
Wow. You can find so much good Stanley content on social media. If you've tried to get one of these cups, you know how hard they are to find. Some online resale sites are offering them, you guys, for up to $350 a piece. Wow. For this. I mean, right? does it, and it clearly it keeps cold things cold, hot things hot. How do it? No. All you got to do is you got to, there's a picture. You got to take this thing out. I just discovered this. Yeah. You to clean, clean it. To clean it. Uh, there's a lot of videos of mold. Yeah. Really? You got to clean it. The thing is, it's like the kids all want it. Yeah. How quickly do kids lose their water bottles? Every other day. Every other day. I know. So it's like. Yeah, but maybe these are so valuable and they love them so much. They're not going to. There were so many videos right after the holidays on TikTok of kids being like, everybody back at school showing off their Stanley because everybody got it for Christmas. They want them. Wow. We can't keep those by the camera. I know. No, these belong to some of our fabulous producers. Yeah. Certainly boost They're valuable. Bottom line. We try. I know. I got it. You just gave me a little boost transition, didn't you? Oh, but they just killed. Did they just kill the boost? No, it's going to go next hour. Okay. Hard at work in a packed cheese start for you. We're going to get to that, plus everybody's favorite talking teddy bears heading to Peacock. Seth MacFarlane's going to tell us everything we need to know about Ted, the series. Can't wait for this. She's talking to Dilly Dilly about this. She says it's good, too. It's not, yeah. it's not too I, PG. It's, 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 no, it's, it's, it's Ted. not yes. PG at all. In fact, it's- 